Well, the ACC really did us some favors. Actually, this is more of an ESPN decision. That you can just sit there and wonder, what in the world are we thinking here? I don't even know what you're thinking. If you watch the InsaneRadioDeals.com fast take earlier at Fast Lane, Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and potentially coming soon to even more platforms. I know you are, Trey. You've got a lot on your plate every day, including today. Thanks, Brian Nolan. Sorry, did I get that little (laughs) dig in there? We love you, Brian. I think he's in... No, he's not... Is he tomorrow? I don't know. No, he's Monday in the fast lane. Who's tomorrow? Tomorrow in the fast lane. From you know what? I might get com? I might get Brian on Friday since you won't be here to do votes of confidence. That's fun. Yeah, because I mean he's going to be out in Las Vegas. Either and, Brian or yeah, Massey will be too. I know he's you know somebody's babysitting somebody, but I don't know who that is. I, so anyway, the ACC got kind of screwed over by ESPN in this regard. Why in the world are the Virginia Cavaliers? And Boston College Eagles playing a 9 p.m. tip-off. In Boston College. In Boston in, College. In Chestnut Hills. So, like, it, it got me thinking on a couple of things. First of all, Mike Young very snarkily commenting on Monday's ACC basketball teleconference. This was before the official Q&A portion. That, hey, he's happy to get more of those 9 p.m. starts that Virginia Tech always seems to get over to UVA. Uh, go ahead and use the raise hand tool. I'd like to offer Coach Bennett a couple of my 9 o'clock starts that, uh, that we've had uh, this year, if uh, Tony would be willing to take those on. I love it! Mike Young! Showing a little personality in the midst of what's been a challenging season that continued last night. I mean, is that the most defense that we've seen from a Mike Young uh-huh. team this year? Zing! After last night's uh, loss I don't know if that you can call that defense, but you can. I mean, I think the most defense they played was ironically against Virginia. So, yeah, it, I mean, by far it was against Virginia, which, I mean, welcome to the club. It was the second of three straight games under 50 points for the Virginia Cavaliers, who, by the way, lost at Boston College last oh, year. Oh, I, I have forgot to mention this, but on Sunday I saw the perfect tweet to represent Virginia. It said, um, if... If Rutgers or Virginia, it was by Pregame Empire on X or Twitter. But if pregame, uh, they, they said if Rutgers and Virginia played a game to 50, it would take seven years. And I, I was, I, I got a good chuckle out of it in the uh, Virginia Tech press box. You know, Trey, I agree with that. It probably would. And the, yeah, I was going to say, it's such a good joke that it might be true. I mean, Here's how vanilla it was for Virginia, by the way, after their loss to North Carolina, when Tony Bennett said that inevitably you have to finish good looks. You know, offensively, yeah, it's hard. I, you know, we, we uh, were a little better in the second half, um, but, you know, they're really keying in on a few guys and really playing off of some others, and we tried to get some mo- more movement. Um, and again, some of those shots uh, we need to finish and, and knock them down, but you just um, you keep trying to get quality looks and work hard. But, uh, again, and they defend it well, too. Tony Bennett, after the loss to North Carolina, 54-44 to 44, this past Saturday, um, I mean, keying in on a few guys, it's not hard to figure out which guys are being targeted by opposing defenses. Reese Beekman, who somehow is still putting together an all-ACC and certainly an ACC Defensive Player of the Year category. I know Ryan Dunn probably has a very good claim to Defensive Player of the Year, but, I mean, what Reese Beekman has done, kind of willing this team, being the offense, I know it was only 10 points, but I'm going to take the optimistic look. That's like 20%. Of Virginia's offense this past Saturday because it was that bad. But anyway, Reese Beekman and, and Isaac McNeely from three, if you can move him around, he's really struggled much more at other junctures. He was two of nine on Saturday against North Carolina. The book's out on trying to move McNeely around and not let him get clean looks 
th- from three-point range. He made one of five. But you got to finish. You need other guys to step up. Virginia looks timid shooting offensively. And, and then again, just the, the most I obvious. I mean, statistic. 95% of it is probably a confidence issue. I, I think a lot of it is for Virginia. There's some guys where you wonder what, where, where the coaching staff and what the coaching staff saw in guys like Jacob Groves and... I, I, Jacob Groves to a certain extent, although he's gone through a shooting spurt, but Andrew Rohde, who has really not given them much of anything. The Jordan Minor part I get. You're not really looking to him for offense, even though he was the leading scorer, air quotes again, against North Carolina with 12 points. But you got Minor in there to be a rugged player down low and at least just to give you something around the rim, which Virginia clearly lacks this year. Caden Shedrick never developed the way they wanted. He's transferred out to Texas. That might be an ultimate lose-lose because it's not, I mean, granted, he probably wins in the Kenny Powers department. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. But when it comes to, you know, winning and draft stock and development, you know, it might have been better sticking around at Virginia for Caden Shedrick. And then, of course, uh, you know, you mentioned what all they've got since then. There's really not a lot inside for Virginia. There's not a lot of bailout options. So we mentioned the offense and the challenges they have. Now they go to Boston College tonight for a 9 p.m. tip-off. Hashtag go ECC or hashtag go ESPN Disney plus ABC. Because let's let's not kid ourselves here. That's a challenge for any team, but you're trying to convince people to stay up and watch this? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have something to say. What, if you're really struggling to sleep, just put this game on and it'll do the trick? Well, that and... Turn the volume up, by the way. And I was going to say is there will be more 9 p.m. Tip, tips next year because you're going to play two games in the West Coast and two games in the cent- and a game in the Central Time Zone. That Central Time Zone needs to be 7 Eastern, Because I know, I know the women's format is going to be an 18-game schedule and you get one opponent, you play twice, and then you play everyone else. Um, I'm assuming the men's will be a little bit similar. It would probably be, what, a 20-game schedule or something like that off the top of my head? Yeah, I can't remember. I thought they made an announcement on that a couple of weeks ago. We probably announced it. You can go back to Fast Lane, Ed Lane, and check the archives out and then make fun of the fact that my memory is failing me right now to, I just, to recall that. I just knew the women's schedule because they talked about it on Sunday, so that's how I remember. But let, let's just assume it's similar to that. So anyway... You're going to play at least three mm-hmm. games probably relatively later unless they're on Saturday well and get ready for more of this because I mean again the ACC going into these coveted markets like San Francisco because people out there really care about Stanford and Cal basketball or football for that matter to Boston College because again I've referenced hey the, uh, hey they're about to ACC about to increase their national championships with Stanford and Cal yeah I mean uh, they're very good at cleaning up the Olympic sports when it comes to championships in that department but because, uh, you know, the fans have such an emotional connection here in Virginia hey, to those schools. just think about this. The greatest female swimmer of all time is about to become an ACC legend. So, and that's Katie Ledecky for people out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know you know, but I'm just trying to put, you know, let, let our audience know who I was talking about. You know, it's kind of like the Aaron Rodgers, you know, claim to fame that's like going to come as Brian well. Brian Nolan's favorite human being, speaking of Brian Nolan. Oh, my goodness. We're just tying everything together. Dude. It is. But, I mean, you got a 9 o'clock start at Boston College. Tony Bennett even acknowledged in the Monday teleconference that getting up for something like this, it's a challenge. I mean, every game is meaningful, and so it's just being as ready as you can. You have a shoot around, you do different things, all that. You know, you just, uh, I don't know if we've had a 9 o'clock game this year. No, I don't think so. Eight, yeah, 8 o'clock. I'm not sure. But um, we've had them in the past. But, yeah, it's just being as ready as you can, knowing you, you're going to have to be ready to play against them and every game's meaningful. And, um, you know, it's uh, 
it's quite a privilege to play. And you never, even as the season's winding down, these opportunities for this team to be together are li- are limited. So um, you look at it that way and, and be as ready as you can. And, um, and who knows what the environment will be like, but it's, it's about what we can do to, to be as prepared as we can and then be good in the game. Who knows what the environment will be like? I, People- I trade us. Trey, this is this is literally the opposite of playing at John Paul Jones Arena. Everyone everyone looks at Virginia's road struggles from earlier in the year. They lost recently at Virginia Tech, but before that it was at Notre Dame, at North Carolina State, and then at Wake Forest. And they say, oh, that's the opposite of John Paul Jones Arena. No, the opposite of John Paul Jones Arena is tonight. Because John Paul Jones Arena is a packed environment cheering for you. Tonight is in an empty environment cheering for nobody. Because there's nobody there at Boston College. Because it resonates so well in Boston, the BC product does. At best, fifth most desirable sports product behind all four professional men's teams in the Boston area. I mean, it's kind of comical. But you got to have everything. You got to have the fire. You got to have a level of intensity. And tonight is going to be the antithesis of that. You know, for as tired as I've been, you know, this might be what does the trick, in fact, getting my kids to sleep. You know, right now, we're going through those challenges with two five year old boys where they feed off each other. So even if one wants to go to bed, the other may not. And then all of a sudden, it causes both of them to stay awake. We might have found the solution in our household, which is flipping this game on and letting. Everybody fall asleep to the echoey chambers of what's it called again? Boston College's home arena? I don't know. Just you can say Chestnut. Is Hills. it Conti Forum? I think that's right, or is that Pitt? We're gonna go with Conti Forum. And Ed, if we're wrong, you can add us fast lane, Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I got it. To make I got it. It's alum oh, that's their football field. Yeah, you got it right. Yes! All right. Victory for us. Speaking of victory, but not for us, for you comes tomorrow. With InsaneRadioDeals.com's one-day special in honor of Leap Year, hit us up. Fast Lane, Ed Lane, Trey Lyle, VT, CBS Sports Radio, Lynchburg Facebook page, Insane Radio Deals Facebook page. There we go. Any of those. And the Virginia Talk Radio Network. And the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Heck, Rewind 1039's Facebook page. They will all have that special. So Just make sure you leap to the Facebook page. Again, key is leap. (laughs) <laughs> wink wink mm. nudge nudge of what might be coming down the pipe tomorrow hmm wonder what that's going to be so if you're thinking about buying stuff at insaneradiodeals.com a little birdie might have told you that while you may want to act now you, you need really to want to act tomorrow leap leap over to insaneradiodeals.com tomorrow again leap that is not a leap too far but one that is a leap too far is believing what we begin the fast five at five ish discussing it's time for the fast five at five ish five fast-paced quick-witted things you need to know right now number five apparently trey already is expressing skepticism of what we're about to discuss to start the fast five at five i had a block of sneeze oh well that's very impressive trey because i did not hear the sneeze and i'm an expert at it since i've spent the last month and change coughing and sneezing lebron james is supposedly tired of the NBA speculation around his son, Bronny, and the potential that Bronny will leave USC for the NBA after one, very uninspiring, season. And Bronny is being asked by LeBron James to, quote, let the kid be a kid, end quote. Uh, 
are we really buying this? Or does it get the old hair gel treatment? Rejected. Because, really, LeBron James is the one who has been like the over-controlling, my kid can do no wrong dad. And I don't want to hear the, well, your kid, dude, my kids are five and a half. I love them to death. I don't think we fall in this category in the Lane household of our kids can do no wrong. We love to compliment them when they do well, but I'm under no delusions like LeBron James that somehow his son is the next great basketball player. No, 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 no. LeBron James wants to end his career playing with his son. Never mind his son is not, not a NBA. Bad thing. His bad son. Thing. What? It's not a bad thing he wants to. I could finish what you're saying and then I'll say a point. His son is not NBA qualified right now unless it's LeBron wants to play on a team and LeBron, the GM, the LA Clutches, are willing to acquiesce to get Bronny James onto their roster so that LeBron and LeBron Jr. can play a basketball game together. Bronny has not cracked the double-digit scoring mark very often, if at all, at USC this year. He's averaging six points per game. He is solid, but he's an off-the-bench player right now in college for a non-tournament team. And we're sitting here going, oh, that's the guy. We should bend over backwards. The reason why he got all this hype is because of LeBron James Sr. Now he's trying to reverse course and let the kid be the kid, or whatever the phrase was. Yeah, I am going to give it the old hair gel treatment, and it is... Rejected! Number four... All right, we'll get Can to I number four in a second. I was going to say my need point. To opine. I think he his perspective changed after Bronny watching him play. No, you're gonna. That was a good interruption because this make you make you sound a little bad here, and I'm sorry for when his son you know collapsed on a basketball court. So I think, like, let's take everything with a grain of salt. Like, literally, the guy was in a hospital like what six months ago trying to get his heart fixed, and now he's trying to play college basketball. Like. Yeah, I think it was about I think, four to five, but, but I th- that point is very valid. You listen to LeBron get asked that question pre the heart condition and post it, it's kind of changed. Like, he was asked this a couple weeks ago, and it was, you know, by the NBA team on TNT guys who will grill him. And he said, he's kind of like, let Bronny make that decision. And if you watch USC, one, they have like two really good guards that are, are very talented. That's why Bronny's coming off the bench. And two, Bronny has shown the flashes that, that you want to see, and it, it was kind of always going to be a two-year project, so I'm not shocked by this. Two years is honestly better. Let him have a chance to develop and see what he is. But I, I think that situation is where LeBron's context changed. Plus, also, I think it's natural for him to kind of protect his son from the media, and that's that's why I think he's kind of always like said, like, I want to play with him, but like kind of keep the focus on him and not Bronny, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, to an extent, my only thing is for so much of it is LeBron James is taking me watch out for my son. Also, Look Bryce how good is going to be better. Just want to point that out. You know, Bryce I got say, LeBron's uh, special genetics. Let's put it that way. <laughs> the basketball related genetics. Well, well and, and Bronny's still pretty good, too. Like he, he would, you know, dude, he's better than 90, 99 percent of the population. Still, I mean, I would not be shocked if Bronny plays in the NBA. He's going to be like he's a very good defensive wing that has a high basketball IQ. Like, just give him time. He's a role player, though. He's not the superstar his dad has made him out to be for a while. And in the LeBron is having to reap what he sowed before his son 
collapsed. And that's a tragic situation. But thankfully, LeBron James Jr., a.k.a. Bronny James, is safe from that. And thankfully, he is back at the point where he's playing basketball and we can discuss the basketball side of things, which is critical as it is. We all understand it's not nearly as severe as, you know, the life-threatening situation that popped up. And, you know, I think any parent would naturally have maybe a change of how they treat their child and how they view their child and what's best for the child to develop at their own particular rate, which may not be the way that you would have developed and want to develop. And that's okay. And that is a learning process. And every parent learns certain things at a different level. And that's where I will give LeBron James, the parent, a level of grace. Number four. Hendrick Motorsports has now indicated that their automotive wing, if you will, the company that sells cars, that they will pony up and sponsor Raja Karuth for the entire 2023 Truck Series season. Uh, It was just going to be 10 races, but they've risen beyond that. This is great because as much as Spire is not a very good NASCAR Cup Series team right now, they are one of the better teams in the NASCAR Truck Series. It's a drive for diversity initiative, and people can't stand the idea of Bubba Wallace being part of this. There's some people that hated the Danica Patrick angle. They could not stand other avenues. Rick Hendrick has always been very savvy about understanding where strong brands can originate. And Raja Karuth is a strong brand for NASCAR. And we can touch on this more around 5.30 with NASCAR on Fox analyst Larry McReynolds. But again, I've said this before, it's the smart business move. For an organization that is based upon dollar-dollar bills, as Kenny Powers reminds us, dollar-dollar bills, y'all. That you're looking at things through that lens. So while fans may have their issues, this is the value of a Bubba Wallace breaking the ice, so to speak, for other drivers and showcasing that sponsors can flock to drive for diversity drivers and can open up a new entire base of fans. We've got plenty of them in the fast lane, DJ, Les, and other friends of ours, and we're grateful for their listening. But they're often motorsports and NASCAR fans, and in part, the Drive for Diversity Initiative strengthens that type of bond. Meanwhile, some people may complain and depart, but overall, you're strengthening your brand. That's the value of this. I think it's a great move for Roger Carruth to get a larger ride for NASCAR because of this. Number three. College Football Network. Our guys, Oliver Hodgkinson and their colleagues at College Football Network were the first to bring this up, but James Madison's former quarterback, Jordan McLeod, has transferred out to the Texas State Bobcats. Uh, Kind of feels like a step down, Trey, and I may be the only one who kind of thinks that, but for a guy that has as much talent as he did, he's now in his third school in terms of being a transfer. He was at USF, then at JMU, now at Texas State. Had a great year for the Dukes, but... You know, it kind of goes to what people have also said about why Caden Salter came back to Liberty, partially because of the NIL component, and Liberty's got a very strong one with the Flames Rising Collective. Part of it's the culture at Liberty and having one and proven success, but there is the also part, also a part to this where the quarterback market may not have been as robust as transfer candidates would have wanted, and you know, maybe it's better actually to be a guy like Caden Salter where you're back at Liberty and you're in a great spot versus Jordan McLeod who has to go somewhere else and maybe take a step down to a place like Texas State. Number two. Well, the Washington Commanders Dump and Landover will have a new name because the previous sponsor has federally axed that sponsorship. Yes, I played off of the name without actually mentioning the name of the sponsor, but you get the picture. Should have hired Arthur Smith and you would have avoided this problem. If you know, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's very true, Trey. Instead, maybe that organization is going to take the place of Acrisure Stadium up in Pittsburgh and sponsor that venue 
But anyway, I mean, look, this was going to happen, though. If you look at the business landscape from FedEx, which is the previous sponsor or soon to be previous sponsor. Oh, my gosh, you said a sponsor. I mean, I, I know I did, Trey. It's a, it's a you know, blind, blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. They've also gotten out of motorsports. They sponsor Denny Hamlin occasionally, but not to the level that they used to sponsor. The I think number they 11 still team. sponsor the season, but then they'll expend like sublet to other sponsors something out. It's a unique kind of deal. It, it, it's a unique deal where they're basically trying to recoup costs. They get and, first choice, but then and then like the other sponsors, I think is how it works with Joe Gibbs. Yeah, I mean they get priority in terms of what races they want to sponsor, but it's not the full fledged sponsorship that it's been previously, and that's the nature of particularly that organization which has gotten further away from sports-based marketing. And number one on the Fast Five at Five. Speaking of the Washington Commanders, and we have dogged their ownership group at times or mocked the idea that they would raise ticket prices, but they're investing in a new round of renovations to that stadium in Landover, 73-ish million dollars since purchasing the team last summer. The latest round of upgrades include potentially better parking as well as faster stadium ingress, entrance, plus new premium seating options, suite experiences, as well as food and beverage, sound system upgrades, and a structural refresh. Uh, Does this not scream like the type of changes that needed to be made for a while? But here's a shocker. Prior ownership administrations, you can read into that what you will, so that we may or may not be actually saying who may or may not have been involved in that but they kind of let things slip and even though the commanders are looking for a new venue they seem at least committed to maximizing the fan experience within reason which the prior ownership group may or may not have really cared to do and there is your fast five at five when we return in the fast lane more on those nascar related topics that we have already addressed with Fox analyst Larry McReynolds. He'll discuss that the momentum from the first two races of the year particularly Atlanta and more This is the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.